0: You just turned my, like, fine space nope. juice into, like, sex juice. I, know, nope. And there's nope. the cold open.
1: <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 621023.1. Welcome aboard the starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief leave from the world of CinemaSins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, she has a special feature that she only shows off when you first meet her, and then totally forgets she can do it. It's Ambassador Today! Is
0: this about the saucer separation? Yes,
1: we're talking about your <laughs> saucer separation.
0: Okay, alright, yes, I have I have. A, I have a great uh, trick that I do when I meet people, I do only do it once, I can wiggle my eyes. Do it. It freaks people out. Wait,
1: wiggle... As in like they vibrate. Yeah. Like, do it. Can you do it?
0: Well this yeah. Is great for the podcast. Well, yeah, I mean for you can't see it here.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was really gross. And oh, that's I why, I only, that, that's why it... I only do it once. That's why I only do it once. Because people that's usually fair. Are like Holy Shit oh, yeah, monster.
1: <laughs> What how do you does that hurt? No. No. Do you think that'll explode if you do that too much? No. Like it was really, really. Interesting. I'm not gonna say weird. Not gonna be judgy. It was interesting. Yeah. Like it, they really, they vibrated really fast.
0: Well, yeah. So I can control the muscles in my eyes, and they just move back and forth really, really quickly. And I've been able that's to do it since I was. Pal. My mother can do it as well. And I think I've seen Iris do it once. So I don't know if it's something that's just like passes on, like in a, like a hereditary fashion. I'm not sure.
1: All of the, but, yeah, all of but the boys' houses and the female boys' houses mm-hmm. can all do it.
0: But I definitely used it to my advantage on staring contests when I was young.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a bail immediately. Just like the competition <laughs> will just leave. It's yeah. shock. blinking shock. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't do it very frequently. Again, I just do it once. I'm glad. And then I'm done. So you're actually like that right. That was an accurate introduction.
1: That, inadvertently, like there's no way. We don't plan anything on this show. Like there's <laughs> there's <laughs> no. no way we could have known that. That's amazing. Well, how are you doing this week? And are you ready for part two of Encounter at Farpoint? Which I've never had so many questions of, there's a part two? And I'm like, yeah, no, I know there wasn't actually a part two. We're just doing it in two parts. Well, it, it was originally a two-parter, right? <laughs> Not in America, just in England, apparently.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I mean,
1: it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Because I've just loaded up my part. And this voice comes up and says, "Last time on Encounter at Farpoint," and I'm like, "Well, that they got an American to record that bit, but as far as I know, it was only done in two parts in England, so it's very interesting." But
0: yeah. well, BBC, ding. Um, I have had an insane week. Uh, mm. it's it's a, personally, it's it's so it's nice to step on board and just yeah. sort of like do the show. I find
1: spend some time on the holodeck.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a, it's like um. It's like a forced recreation
1: <laughs> for me. You will take two hours <laughs> to enjoy some Star Trek.
0: Yeah, and, and that feels really nice on a week like this week. And also I've been curious how this is going to wrap up because knowing mm. that they kind of added in the Q bit and uh-huh. that we're going to get to the ac- like the actual intention of this episode <laughs> is what we're just about to get to. And so I'm really curious what they're going to be doing this week.
1: When you know that, in retrospect, it makes so much sense because it's like, oh, all of part one is about Q. Like that's the extension to get it, get yeah. it into a two-parter. So this will, until I'm not gonna say no, I'm not gonna say that actually. But yeah, this is a, a different episode where we really get into the mystery. So let's have a little prediction and a big prediction for for this episode. What's your big general prediction for what what happens?
0: I mean, it's easy they mm-hmm. end up, you know, making Q happy and Q leaves them alone for now. So that's an easy prediction. <laughs> You're
1: cheating, okay? Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. That's
0: using my mind. My brilliance. <laughs> um I think something very specific is that people are going to be-, be playing with marbles
1: at some point. Oh, my brain just went to oh, all- just ran through the episode. Are there marbles? I can't say that there isn't I'm I don't know. To, I'm,
0: I'm expecting yeah. that maybe it's in this far point, like maybe in the background, uh-huh. or maybe there's yep. marbles or there's, there's tiny little spheres that can be picked up somewhere. I don't know if they're playing when, with them, but I, I feel like they're going to be someplace.
1: Like beads of some sort. Yeah. Are they're like strung together. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think
0: they're strung together. No, I see them being like more separated. Why? Why? Was that funny? <laughs> what?
1: Did I just someone, say something? No, someone, a few people out there listening will be laughing and being horrible. Um, But uh, we will be keeping an eye out in the background For any of the marbles or beads And whatever their uses might be In this episode Until then let's go over to the holodeck And watch part 2 We'll see you all in 10 forward 2 to beam to Deneb (sighs) Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question, first ambassador, what would you like from the replicator? What would you like converted from energy into matter? You want jelly juice? You're going to juice one of these innocent space creatures (laughs) as if they haven't been through enough. Just like squeeze, squeeze it and juice it. I don't don't think you come off well from that.
0: Yeah. I mean maybe you're right but also maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal you know for them to create it i don't know if
1: it's like consensual it's like hey excuse me um mr oh, it's Mrs. That kind Mrs. Of juice? or other great.
0: great great no i think
1: wonderful no no i think you just turned there's... my nope. like
0: fine nope. space juice into like sex juice so i and nope. there's the cold nope. open <laughs> <Gross>.
1: <laughs> it's amazing how quickly they arise no no, i yeah, wasn't trying i wasn't I doing that any kind we, of juicing requires consent any we, not just the sexual kind we did it's see just, tentacle porn in a we way did, we did we did see some tentacle porn just like very okay. soft core and it's like really like kind of soft lighting <laughs> as well it was kind of fuzzy yeah just it was it was beautiful you're
0: my jelly
1: <laughs> my jelly for life
0: um, no, I'll I, have I'll have a jelly filled donut. I'll have a I'll have a jelly filled donut. I was going eat their
1: offspring. Nice, interesting. God, interesting. Down. God damn it! Shit. Ah, God. ah, ah, All right. All um, right. I, what would I like? I would like. Hmm. I don't think I can top that. I think I'm going to drink the the warm bath that is great joy and gratitude.
0: You're gonna drink. Yeah. emotions
1: i'm gonna drink emotions because i'm a Zoid. yeah okay mm-hmm. well you know
0: what you could just drink deanna choice tears because they were plentiful this there episode. was
1: so many so she's like <laughs> that was on the top of her resume i think it was i can cry on command it's like you're gonna I do it come in every single scene
0: i can also repeat the same words over and over again Great joy with- and I'm
1: gratitude joy.
0: <laughs> it was brought to you to this day a savior Hi, everybody!
1: Right, give us the synopsis <laughs> for this episode. Oh, um, shit! Pasada. Yeah, this is on ah! you. No notice. What Are you going to do this
0: every what? time now, or is this yeah. just because I'm not until prepared? You get,
1: yeah, until you get used to it, and then I'll stop. Oh, mm, thank you.
0: Um, okay. In this episode, we see what was actually meant to be this episode. Yes, <laughs> which is a great mystery is solved as to how this w- weird planet Rometzoid, uh, people. Table- <laughs> We're yep. creating things uh-huh. that they weren't supposed to create mm-hmm. through pain and anguish. And, and there's a mystery in the way team. Boy, did they go figure that out. There's also a jellyfish that comes out of space and wreaks havoc on the land, somehow helping to solve the mystery. What's the history between Troy and Riker? They fucked. What's the history between Picard and Crusher? They want to fuck. And... To top it all off, Wesley's a kid.
1: Hey, great. I don't need to do anything else. Perfect. It's great. Ambassador, in the immediate thoughts and feelings about the I, episode.
0: I'm just trying to think if I miss anything major. IQ,
1: but Q, I think that, oh, yes. yeah, Q. Q. Oh, yes. That's it.
0: Yeah, Um, This was great. I had a really fun Yay. time with this. I kept thinking as I watched this episode reminding myself this is the first one this is the first one this is is. the first one this is what it should have been not because they were fumbling over each other or they didn't know their part or their place but i was trying to remember what an audience maybe would be feeling the first Mm. time that the holodeck opens up yeah right. or the away team has this place that they're going to that's being you know blown up by an alien they have a cool alien on the screen they've got a potential space battle they've got you know, mysterious alien on their ship. They've got tension between people. There's all this, there's just so much that's happening in this episode. Like there's a lot going on. Um, And I feel like they were just throwing it all, you know, throwing it all out there really intently. Um, But it's interesting that they started it on a love story. And I didn't, I didn't remember that. Mm. I didn't remember things like that. Troy and, um, Riker knew each other from before mm, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that but the, Do you want to hear the story very... of that yeah, well yeah
1: <laughs> so they they dated for um a while while um Riker was at the academy and while um, I think no he did like a work placement on um on beta Z and that's how they met while she was um like training and doing her counseling and whatnot and then they agreed to like to meet and go on a date on a different planet or somewhere, and he didn't show up. He stood her up.
0: How do you stand up, Deanna? Oh, now I'm so mad.
1: Uh huh. Because he had to accept a command. On it was like it was. Um, and he couldn't
0: it, send her a message.
1: It was his first like commander posting, um, and he had to choose. I'm either going to take this ship straight away, or I'm going to like
0: and not send go a on note. a date
1: with Diana. I think he did send a note, but
0: okay, well that's she good. was
1: like no, but I think sh- I think the note came too late or something. I remember there's something else some drama like there waiting for him and he never turns up and then they carried on writing to each other but then okay. kind of fiddled away and it stopped and yeah the big thing is that he chose his career over her
0: well i mean <laughs> of course he would you know yeah of course yeah because why stay with one person when you can go on adventures to strange new worlds and fuck aliens all, all the them. time
1: all of the aliens you know yeah Mm-hmm. Why
0: wouldn't you? That's it. But they do you have, have a connection. and I Ian thankfully had told me about the imzadi thing. So mm. I actually understood that reference at the beginning because like straight away they see each other and the music tells us this this Love- episode. <laughs> All but put on a filter of like little hearts and like,
1: <laughs> it like did.
0: prancing animals and stuff. Yeah, like it really lighting. just shoves it down your throat that these two have a connection
1: mm-hmm.
2: with
0: the music alone. And her, she's just like drawn into him and he's just mm-hmm. like starstruck by her. And then she's in his head and she's, mm-hmm. how did, I think I wrote it down because Do you I remember couldn't tell. what
1: I taught you, Mzani?
0: yeah and if you I think too about it
1: could never forget
0: do you sense my thoughts and i'm just like this could be the best creepy girlfriend starter in tv history
1: <laughs> you know what i mean especially if Riker takes it the wrong way is like oh fuck i thought i ditched her
0: like <laughs> just like a slowly back away kind of yeah. a thing and she's like do you remember how you felt about me and it's just like oh this is like really this was aw- it was mind. awkward yeah <laughs> But a, I didn't realize that. But yeah.
1: It's, and he, they just chuck out the Mzadi line really quickly. Like, yeah, just instantly. Different language. This is a pet name. But it's, I, I, I do like that. I think it is, it's a good way to show their connection really quickly. And <laughs> where they go is so sweet, so beautiful. I,
0: love it. I know, I know. But it's really interesting because you have that. And then you had the really interesting emotional exchange between mm. Picard and Crusher at some point. You know, there's just this yeah. sort of. Coming together on the your ship. I knew
1: father, Wesley.
0: I feel like we need to, if you have to watch this episode in two parts, you need to remember the seriousness of all that's going on, too. Because it's mm-hmm. been a week since the last time, so I I had to remind myself that there's, they're in a really dangerous situation. Yeah. Because they they had to separate the saucer, they, ha- they went to battle stations, there's this really crazy alien that... Is potentially going to kill them all, and then you have Crasher like mom, 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 <laughs> I see the mom, mom. I want to see the bridge. Mom. I'm just like, I want to hurt this the kid. <laughs> <chick ring>?
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> shut the up, Wesley.
0: But then he like leaves the bridge, and he's in the lift, and the next alien shows up. It's just, Man, this is a really dangerous place to have children. It really um, is. It, and we talk about it so I don't want to talk about it too much because if you've listened
1: to the show then you you know you put know the they... ship that's firing <laughs> on the planet between the ship and the planet <laughs> Ooh, it's a lot don't um, separate the saucer section now whatever you do like you could have put the star drive between the ship and the, the, the alien ship and the planet and, and sent the saucer section away but no
0: let me ask you this question because I know we're going to kind of go over what happened in this episode in, in more detail and stuff but like at the end of this episode, what do you feel this show wanted to be the hook to keep you coming mm. back for another uh, because it didn't really leave you with a mystery. It mm-hmm. did the episodic ending where you know Just now we today. understand the mm-hmm. the mystery of the planet you know um, that the Far point station was actually a an alien being that had mm-hmm. been captured and was being siphoned for its energy and its usefulness to create matter. And that another, its mate shows up to disguise as a ship essentially to try mm-hmm. to, you know, save it or whatever, or punish the people who had captured it. So that mystery is solved. Q is kind of solved, kind of still lingering in the air.
2: Mm-hmm. They've
0: built in some interesting relation, but with the introduction of data. So maybe, is it the curiosity of the people that brings somebody back? Is it like, what is
1: it? I think they didn't have to worry about a hook in the same way that Netflix cancels everything shows nowadays have to worry about a hook so the hook here is the cr- a new crew with new special effects like they go hard on like the jellyfish like this is updated graphics but even the the original CGI for the jellyfish still looks beautiful so i think this is just this is a new crew a new family to be exploring with it was what Star Trek fans wanted is people exploring the universe. Like they wanted more of Kirk and that crew exploring the galaxy. So I think this episode does so so, and it does a better job of last week's episode. But it just so much to introduce the characters and the dynamics. And yeah, the hook has got to be Riker and Deanna, what that relationship is like. Picard and Beverly and Wesley, what that relationship is like. Data exploring like having a robot on the ship and what that's yeah. like the complexity mm-hmm. of Geordie, Q promising to return at some point as well like there are lots of little hooks and it's probably it's probably more hooks than the networks were happy for them to have because that's setting up a lot of subplots that don't get as fulfilled as I think you might expect by today's standards it's a much more yeah. slow burn but for me i would have been i would have been all in because so much of it is just the the visuals and being in this universe i think it's like picard says at the very very end let's see what's out there i think that's the hook is yeah let's see some more of this galaxy with an 80s budget as opposed to a 60s budget
0: and it does look very cool i mean by the standards that it came out where
1: even by today i think some it, of it, it was really fun. holds up yeah
0: yeah, because, you know, you've got, like I said, you've got like the planets, you're seeing them build sets and destroy sets and you're seeing what their CGI is capable of, you know, to show interesting things on the viewer screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've got like a new dynamic and a new group and they're trying to kind of throw out some mystery and intrigue. And they've got like a young person, you know, with Wesley showing his chops. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's that young viewer that's like, yeah, I know what all those things are because I'm like... I'm I'm in on this too and so that's, different... that's
1: really interesting because that's exactly how I saw Wesley so older fans at the time did not like Wesley they thought he was annoying but when I was a kid watching this for the first time I was just like man I'm so jealous I want to be Wesley I want to be a kid exploring that bridge getting the opportunity to do what Wesley is doing so it Wesley is in hindsight a really really clever addition to the crew to get kids yeah. involved
0: Yeah I think it makes sense I mean, from a marketing perspective, but also just an understanding that there's a different, there's all kinds of audiences that are going to sit around and watch this on network TV. And it's important to remember that. Um, and I think like I liked Wesley. I like what he did. Yeah. Um, as a mom now, I found his incessant asking to go to the bridge frustrating mm. because I deal with that every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on my terms. Let's go mm-hmm. now. Why are not we doing this now? But it's still kind of cool, for me, mother.
0: Yes, yes, and she does. And then he's all of a sudden on the bridge. Honestly, that moment—we'll just—are we jumping around today? Are we going to talk about?
1: okay, Okay, okay. Well, as long as we're keeping sin separate. Okay.
0: Uh, that moment was really interesting because it was like a first person perspective from a kid's perspective of walking onto the bridge. It'd be like if you put on a VR headset and then like entered into a CGI version of
1: the bridge. Uh-huh. And you're kinda... The POV shot is very interesting and unique to this episode.
0: And then he sits down and he knows all the different, you know, things. And then an actual alert comes in. And without even thinking about it, he interacts with the, <laughs> I <would laughs> with do the that. computer. I would do that. And Picard's just like, whoa. Get the fuck off off my my bridge. bridge. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird because before that scene was when Wesley was like, man, Picard's kind of a stick in the (laughs) mud. Kind of a pain in the ass,
1: isn't he? And I'm
0: like, not really. He's just a captain. He's just someone in authority that doesn't have a lot of personality to, like, show. He's got... He's trying to stop an alien from murdering everyone. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot on his mind. Um, He's a very busy man. So it's strange because... When the shows give lines like that to one of the characters, that's what the show wants us to believe about Picard the character. Yeah. More of than I feel like it was Wesley actually having been I don't know justified in how he was perceiving the captain because
2: mm.
0: he walks off of the holodeck and, you know, has wet the carpet. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. And He's like, I guess I should clean this up, huh, boss? And and Picard says, "Yeah,
1: (laughs) like that's not him being a jerk. It's
0: just, it's just him, like, what the hell, guys? Don't
1: get, don't get wet on my boots, you little shit. (laughs) Look what you did, you little jerk."
0: But if if Wesley had said to his mother, "Man, Picard's kind of an asshole," after he yelled at him and told him he got the bridge, I would have totally been on board with that. Yeah,
1: that makes more sense. It just felt a little weird. Yeah, well, you know. and speaking of scenes that are out of order, like, I had a scene that isn't in your episode because you had it in last week's oh, episode. Oh, yes. It's so interesting how you can move these things about because the conversation that Beverly has with Geordie about his visor and the headaches and all that, was that, that happened this week for me, whereas it happened last week for the US version of the episode. So it's, just, it's interesting how they, and I, I mention it because they had so much to do in this episode about who these people are and how they interact with that. Some of the scenes do feel just inserted at random points. They don't have much to do with, with the flow of the show so much. So I always, I always felt this as a, as an hour and a half episode feels a little bit disjointed. This second part, I like so, so much more yeah. as a whole introduction to, um to the next generation.
0: How do you feel about, Pop goes the weasel being the first introduction of Riker and data.
1: I am absolutely fine with it, and I love it mainly because now I don't it's so hard because I don't know when we're gonna do this stuff on the actual show, but it is one of the few times I've cried in the cinema.
0: I'm sorry, wait wait because, did you mm-hmm. wait, did you see this episode in the cinema?
1: No. What? Oh, but there is a TNG movie that refers back to Pop Goes the Weasel where I teared up.
0: Oh, so, your nerd is showing. Oh, it's, man. So
1: it's, cr- it's so cute. So obviously we, you, we know that Data dies in Nemesis, the last TNG film, because Picard is all about finding him and bringing him back and whatnot. And they're talking about the first time that they met Data and Riker can't remember the tune. He's talking about meeting him on the holodeck and he can't remember the tune that he found Data whistling, and he gets really upset about it. He's like, "I wish I could remember what the tune was." And I'm like, it's, it's, it's Pop is the reason. <laughs> <it's off." laughs> and it's just, man, that killed me because I didn't know Data was gonna die. I was in pieces after that movie. In pieces. This is oh, like, no. I, I think this is the twelve-year-old Ian that's watching this with his dad broken absolutely broken so the answer to that is i fucking love that because of oh. how it ends
0: <laughs> i i like that scene because you know they're discovering each other in this really unexpected place of all of the places to meet data it would be you know out in the wood of the holodeck where he's whistling in a tree trying to be the most human version of himself mm-hmm. that he can be and he can't quite whistle and then someone comes up and just like easily whistles, and he's like, "That's
1: fascinating." Fucking dick is what I would say. <laughs> don't you rub it? Yeah. Don't you rub it in?
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know why they chose that one. Maybe it was because that's a tune that they both knew and they could whistle. I don't know.
2: I, I'm it's curious if there
0: was a purpose in it.
1: It's, I think it's just it's easily recognizable, and it's like a child. It's something yeah. you hum to a child, isn't it? And Data is very much a child at this point um, yeah but i it could have been any tune couldn't it but that's one that everyone's gonna everyone's gonna recognize.
0: yeah yeah i like that part i think i think there's some mm-hmm. questions i have that are sinful about that holodeck scene but we'll get to that oh, well, bit. i
1: love it oh, i have <laughs> i have plenty for that as well <laughs> so at the this is what i couldn't help but think during this episode as you're watching it was that last week you um were a little bit confused by part one as the pilot because you were expecting more of a typical Star Trek mystery adventure that helps us get to know the crew. And that's exactly what this is. So what did you think of the mystery at the heart of this episode as as an introduction and just as a as an episode in general,
0: I liked it a lot. Um, It might be one of my favorites just because it's so beautiful. And also, it was complex in a way, because Mm -hmm. the idea is that there's this creature that needs that uses energy and can create matter like a transporter or or like a um
1: well yeah like a a holiday transporter and replicator yeah they all use a similar technology
0: so these are really powerful you know entities that can kind of almost cue like in a way you know they can kind of do whatever
1: Mm -hmm. snap their fingers and make stuff appear
0: yeah and it felt like you know last time i was like well who is this magical being that this Asshole groglock bong bong, whatever his name is, is talking to he sort of... <laughs> that
1: took me a second. I was like, what? <laughs> it's Q. His name is Q. Oh, you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> mean you mean grumbling? I mean,
0: Grumlock, Grum He like he turns around to this the air and he's like, You shut up or whatever, like, oh, you're fine, quit it. And he's talking to the air around him. And I kept thinking, like, well, what what is this unseen entity that's being used for its power? And I was right, like that is exactly what's happening. But I felt like they found a clever way to describe it within the scientific terms of Star Trek. Like they made it make sense to the nerd, the, mm-hmm. the deep, the deep lover of all of the ways that Star Trek like makes sense. They they're kind of bringing it up to a level. Um, so it was a mystery inside of a mystery in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting reveal as well, you know, to kind of see the creature rise up mm. Like a popped Rise. blackhead pimple off of the surface skin, no, of an, you know,
1: no, just kind of like, it, was it, was like not come, a pimple.
0: it, you know. Well, I mean, sometimes extractions can be beautiful. You know, you got to get oh, that stuff out goodness. of your pores. Amazing, <laughs> but yeah, um, I really liked it. I felt like it was a really interesting one. Like they had to go on an away mission, and mm-hmm. and then there was the mystery of the underground of the city was the same interior of the mm. ship which means that they were inside of a being the inside whole time.
1: of a being that very handily has corridors
0: very but handily I, yeah. i
1: have a theory about that as a which is why i wouldn't sin it because i i always assume that the jellies were actually bred to be organic spaceships by another species so that's why they were deliberately genetically engineered to have the internal makeup of a ship so that people could use them and then these two liberated themselves, and
0: oh, wouldn't that be fun? Canon. That's my head
1: That's my head cannon.
0: <sighs> that seems to be a really great beginning episode of Lower Decks. To be honest,
2: yeah, uh-huh. like just
0: these space jellies. Um, but yeah, I think it was cool. It was unexpected in a way, and it also seemed to make sense in a way. Mm. And we got to see everybody's abilities in a unique way. It's like the writers yeah. really were intentional on showing us what each crew member's capabilities were. Not mm, only did absolutely. we got to see Data's super strength and his computing abilities. We got to see use his scanning to kind of look around. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Riker's leadership yeah. um, and hot body, which is really <laughs> important. Because that, that lady that was showing that her on the lady. ship.
1: She, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, she gave a hard long look to the mm, bone there. Mm, we know
1: how that jumpsuit is framing him.
0: <laughs> and really front and center on this one was Dana Troy and kind of pushing that to the forefront of I think this episode really showcasing like that she can sense things in a really unique way based on emotion. We got to see Beverly, you know, in the background assembling the medical team oh, and I kind love of that. And also in a powerful position, even just in how she talks about Picard, that she's almost like on that. She's not afraid of him. She's obviously someone who's going to be able to talk direct. Uh, I think really the only people that we didn't really get to see predominant in this one, um, in this part, I should say, because it's like a two parter, would be Worf. But it's pretty clear that he wasn't expected to maybe be one of the forerunners at this point. And so. so tasha last episode was very dominant
1: yeah very forceful. um
0: but we don't we don't see the the um what's his name that was we talked about him last time he was like didn't go into the future with q uh o'brien
1: oh, miles o'brien yes yeah
0: we didn't see o'brien at all well, again o'brien
1: one. was like he's he just done the, there the same with them o'brien and wolf are both extras at this point and um oh o'brien gets a little bit more to do later on in the seasons but he still doesn't get to the forefront like Worf does until deep space nine um but i just i love the i love the ancillary characters that they pull through so they do this a lot better than tos did where like you'll recognize the backup helms person um you'll recognize somebody that's in the transporter bay like and the uh, medical bay there's dr salazar and um nurse agawa and they're just like, instead of new extras every week, it's the same consistent crew. So, yeah, it's it just it's a comfy, warm blanket. It's a, it's, it's a
0: delightful it so episode. Much. It is. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I, I, it's a great drip feed mystery. It really is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the way I like mysteries done because it's very tricky to guess exactly what the ending is. But when you watch it again, all of the clues are there that help you get there. It's really that's a tricky thing to do and it's I think it's done extremely well.
0: I think the only thing that feels off about it is how two part it feels. It doesn't really seem like and Q kind of appears at the beginning and the end to sort of judge humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe they maybe they just could have done a little bit of a better job of bringing a little bit of episode two into episode one, and a little bit of episode one into episode two. But mm-hmm. honestly, I would much rather wash my mind of the Q part <laughs>
1: yeah. because
0: this does what I love about in my TNG, which is kind of yeah. do the the little space I, adventure. So
1: I think it's fascinating that Q is, like you said, is supposed to be the hook for this, but lets down this part as an overall episode. It is I completely agree the weakest part it's such a it doesn't just kill the momentum it stops the momentum from even starting like it would it would have been better to i think start this mystery and they get interrupted in the middle by q but even that would feel strange so it's just an an irritating part of like studio meddling that Mm -hmm. ended up in something fantastic with q as a character but spoiled this opening tight episode
0: like, I wonder how it would have been. And I, I don't feel like maybe they would do this. Maybe they wouldn't. But how, it would be interesting if this episode would have happened without Q. And then later Q would have appeared and taken them back in time because they made a mistake to see oh if they'd do it again. Oh
1: goodness. There's like, no way. Like, what
0: if they had killed the mate? Or, you know, what if they had oh, done something no. that was savage that set this whole entire yeah tng series off you know in this crazy way but i mean for a first episode for introducing everything i think that this two-parter is is really good i could they have done it without the q stuff yes do i understand why q is there not really I, i i think that maybe like i said last time that the writers really wanted to show that this group was going to be more mindful about their interactions with aliens Maybe in TOS, it was sort of like a shoot first, ask questions later vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know because I didn't watch it. But I it mean, feels they like were very they're quick on trying the to separate yeah. the and say, we're going to treat alien species as important, viable parts of life. And until we know more, we're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Q in that moment. So they're on the bridge. It's come kind of towards the end when it's an alien vessel that's shooting down on the planet. And they're not sure. Kind of. If it's there to hurt them or what because there's no communication between space Mm. jelly and enterprise and so i guess i should say the donut ship we'll say that the raspberry (laughs) filled glazed donut
1: they are known in universe in Mm. canon as space jellies they genuinely are yeah
0: ah well like a jelly like a jelly donut so the jelly donut ship
1: like a jellyfish jo- is jellyfish. well at the,
0: at the time though it looked more donut like you know before it revealed its tentacles yeah, to them okay okay you okay, know before okay. it before it was like this is my naked body you like I'll it?
1: Allow it yeah you like my tentacles you want to rub it just
0: dangled its bits in front of it like <laughs> like it this hey, is me the
1: bridge, just, it's like, <laughs> oh wow oh, my. Ooh, oh this my. is a very
0: personal Oh, they're touching they're touching <laughs> is someone recording this for like la- no <laughs> <laughs> <Don't>?
1: <laughs> we need to brief riker on this later someone edit this shit together <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, anyhow, so Q is there And he's really pushing for aggression And that, to mm. me, really bothered me Because, you know, Q as a character I, I, Maybe he's intended to bring up some really good points About the sins of humanity and our savagery And that even by putting up, getting our phasers ready That's a sign of aggression And that there's cons for that, you know
2: yeah picard uh-huh. would
0: point out that this is protocol and he's kind of pressing back this is still savagery in a form at least mm-hmm. that's my interpretation of what he was trying to do
1: because a pacifist be- wouldn't even do that like the ships wouldn't right. even have phases it wouldn't even be an a, a self-defense option it would be we're talking about this or i die
0: yeah and so i think i think q is attempting at or succeeding at some good points right mm. But then it just—he subverts himself so quickly when he's in there antagonizing them to make the decisions that prove his own point. He's thereby, a thereby he—he's not only a—he's a child. He's a yeah. do what I want. If you don't do what I want, this game isn't fun anymore. Uh-huh. And to me, it's like I don't—I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the character or why he's even there in the first place. If If they're meant to prove their humanity, then in any scenario, Mm Q could try to antagonize them to do what he wants to prove them otherwise. But it it just characters that you're never going to really gain any foothold with are Mm -hmm. really hard to enjoy because they're in my real life. You know, like I know (laughs) Q's in my life and I just don't want them in my entertainment. I don't Mm. (laughs) like I can't do anything to prove anything to you. And so I can choose to not talk to you. And TNG is like, let me introduce a character that will just appear in your universe without your permission and linger (laughs) as long as they want. And they're basically gods. And I'm like, what a fucking nightmare that would be.
1: He is the definition of chaotic evil. (laughs) He is. But with superpowers. It's like, it it is insane. And it, it makes more sense as Picard and the crew figure out that is the exception and not the rule. Most of the Q are pretty apathetic and don't get involved because it's beneath them. Q is a bored, bored individual that has been around for thousands, if not millions of years, and is just trying to entertain himself. You know with, what? But if, it is tricky can to I get tell behind. you something?
0: I, let me just... I, I'm going to go on this thought.
1: Okay, go for it. Buckle pro- in, you
0: Is Q CinemaSins? Like... You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. we we write as a character that can't enjoy themselves and just likes to create, like, point stuff out and kind of be like, I don't know, just sort of sit in the in their intellectual mm-hmm. power. We don't actually we're not those actual people. We write scripts as if we're this guy that just can't really sit down and enjoy something very easily, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just sort of a sourpuss. Is that cute? We're like interjecting ourselves into movies and TV and you know just like stopping it from happening because and go, no are, da 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 da.
1: We're this ominous like omniscient literally um, omniscient narrator that knows all of it. But Yeah. At the same time we are we're very aware that things movies and TV shows need this to happen. Like there are certain clichés and things that they need in order to work so i don't think our like our motivation is to is to entertain people hopefully and also maybe occasionally point out that there might be another way of doing this where you don't have to lean on on the same old stuff i don't think we're there to deliberately fuck with people for our own amusement i think the the motivation is different but you are right when it comes to humanity q is q's probably the the really evil version of cinema sins that is just there to point it out make fun and just like look i'm better than you and i know best you should listen to me it's the more arrogant version of us but i see what i see okay. what you mean
0: yeah it's almost like
1: we're I don't kindred think we're somehow that mean-spirited
0: because <laughs> <laughs> q is just like a per he's a character that i hope i don't see very much mm-hmm. but then at the same time we've now watched picard yeah and there's this moment, you know, where I feel like we're supposed to be attempting to relate to this godlike creature who has spent his energy, his precious power, fucking with people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i uh-huh. like,
0: I don't really feel like we're doing that. I don't feel, you're right. We're entertaining people. We're not fucking with people. And there is yeah. a difference.
1: The motivation is very, very, very different to me. But I get what you mean. He's, like- he's a dick. He's probably the Cute. impression that we're trying to do. Like he's the troll that we're trying to impersonate. Yes. That dude in yeah. his bunker that is just. Yeah. This is his entire life. Is pulling. His entire apart. life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's the um, he's the basement dweller.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know that this episode did him any favors. It is interesting I, I, what the writers maybe were trying to say, even with his progression of his like uh costuming. You know, starting off where mm. he's kind of showing the progression of essentially military. Um yeah. you know, kind of like the beginning of the the captains of the sea and then going into the military. I think it was like, was it World War Two or something <clears> that he was wearing, and then into the wars that of the future mm. where, you know, the, the soldier wars stuff. that were all drugged up, and then all of a sudden he's a soldier in Starfleet. And so mm. there is something that they're trying to say, and I feel like Q is trying they're they're writing it in such a way where they're wanting to prove their own point. But then to have that character if you know, completely attempt to get into his own experiment and mess it up. Yeah. It just means that it was never really meaningful to start with. And so it makes it difficult for me to find out like to figure out why I was interested in watching it at all. Do you know no, what I, mean?
1: I get it. I totally get it. And I don't no. I I would struggle to sin that because I I think that's Q. I think that he gets bored with his game so he changes the parameters. And he does this so much. Like, it's it's almost like he wants to extend the game a bit longer, so he changes the rules and moves the goalposts. And it's so frustrating, but it does always make you wonder, why does the crew bother? Like, why? And I think that's where Picard lands, is he's just going to progress as normal. He's just going to do this mission, and if it ends up getting... Like, don't second-guess it.
0: Like, for us as the writers, if we could... If we wanted to send something and say like the movie did the movie has an apple, you know, or the movie has does something and we're going to send it and we send it. And then all of a sudden the movie doesn't have an apple. And so we're like, OK, well, then we'll, we'll send this instead. That's kind of the vibe that Q has. It's like. Yeah. But but for us, we are almost sinning ourselves as we go. And for mm-hmm. Q, he's like really. Taking a long time talking about his own hubris and his his own he's just he's somebody that I just don't like listening to. Um so maybe he'll get more fun. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to seeing him again though, that's for sure.
1: That's very interesting. I think the next episode that he appears will infuriate you. And I kind of want to watch it to see your reaction. Thank you, Ian. Uh Thank you. I think it will what he does will piss you. great
0: great listen audience listening at home please do not write into the show to request this episode thank you in Mm -hmm. advance
1: (laughs) um yeah that's really really interesting let's go Mm -hmm. to
0: something important how did you feel about wesley's knit sweater
1: (laughs) oh it's iconic all of his knit sweaters are iconic all of them like he has so (laughs) many throughout this first season they are (laughs) all of them iconic i want to i want a wardrobe of wesley of wesley sweaters Sweaters? It's like one of Sweaties? It's like
0: one of those that I want to take a screenshot of and then send to my knitting mother.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, she, she actually would, she crochets she would, though. She would make the fuck out of them. I'm sure she like could just, do it.
0: Like just the ribs alone. Yeah. Just these massive the ribs. Yeah. I yeah. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm in for that.
1: What else have we got? I've got uh, there's just a couple of interesting things. Like this is the first mention of the Ferengi. And the Ferengi oh. were going to be one of the big bads of season one, but they ended up being a, just a little bit too trolly in the like under the bridge troll kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they're meant to be this terrifying species that gets mentioned in passing and then eventually shows up in season one. But yeah, very interesting.
0: Yeah, Picard. Like So <laughs> So in this situation, um, the, oh, what's his name? Gromdok Belongibonk. He's talking to Picard <laughs> Zone. About uh like their negotiations for using their ability to power the station for I guess for mm-hmm. protection or something I'm not sure but there's some sort of a thing there and so Picard oh and and Gramby's says something along the lines of like oh we'll just go trade with the Ferengi and Picard says let's see how they uh let's see how they find you uh let's see if they find you as tasty as past associates yep
1: mm-hmm. and I was
0: like oh mm-hmm. shit do they eat people
1: no because gonna... <laughs> oh, okay he's being a troll he's being oh. such a dick he's being a little bit specious
0: oh so because when you said that that was supposed to be like a big bad i wondered if maybe they I mean, do eat people. perhaps
1: yeah okay. perhaps i t- especially with like riker's shit-eating smiley grin as they're leaving <laughs> the room i kind of saw it a little bit as a um like a like a, kind of a thing? yeah just kind of okay. going over the top a little bit but i wouldn't it would have been a great payoff if you see them chowing down on an away team at some point. But yeah, that's not what happens when we first meet them. They kind of get made to look a bit stupid in that first meeting.
0: Um, That was an interesting moment mm-hmm. for sure. And, and you know what I thought was going to happen when the ship, the the jelly donut ship shows up? I thought that the Grummy Dingdong Ding Dong had Robleson. thought about the Ferengi and because he thought it it became true because everything that was happening on farpoint station oh, was becoming interesting. true
1: interesting right so i Got thought it.
0: he kind of like Summoned made it the ferengi. happen yeah that would been really thought, clever so i thought that was maybe a ferengi ship but it, mm. it didn't turn out that way but i kind of think That's that would be really an interesting, interesting.
1: way yeah. to turn I mean, it there is an episode where that kind of happens and they have to be really fucking careful about what they think about because they move into a part of space that translates their imagination into matter. Um, So yeah, it's not beyond the realms of Star Trek by any means. Um, Well,
0: that's interesting. mm. I'm interested to see that one.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: What else about this episode did you want to talk about? Is is there anything like that I'm missing, a major beat that I'm missing that I just wouldn't know to pay attention to that (sighs) kind of either comes up again later or something that a character does or says that doesn't really pan out very well?
1: Um, hmm. don't think there is. There is a lot of. You can tell they haven't decided what's happening with Beverly and Picard at the minute because the way Beverly introduces Wesley is like, This is my son, Wesley. The last time you saw him was when you brought his dad's dead body to him. Hey, mm-hmm. Dad. Bye bye.
0: <laughs> last episode. I,
1: uh,
0: I first met Picard when he brought my dad's dead body. Dad. <laughs>
1: and he's obviously grown so that Picard doesn't recognize him anymore so it's just I don't know how many years Beverly and Picard have been out of touch and it
0: seems a while
1: it seems like it's a while I would guess like 10 years at least maybe Mm because um Wesley is 16 slash 17 at this point so I would imagine it's it's got to be like 10 years or something like that but yeah I just I don't think that actually gets specified um the the Diana and Riker thing doesn't get picked up very much at all until much, much, much later on. Um, you think that's gonna be much more of like a solid theme yeah. based on this first encounter. But everything else is pretty consistent. Like Geordie's visor obviously gets used as a plot device a lot. Data's um, um pursuit of being human continues on, Q obviously shows up again. Um
0: I liked how this episode used like the beaming around as
1: well. Oh, there I was, was gonna mention this. Yes, there Absolutely. was one
0: moment when this team kind of splits up, and Troy, um, I think Tasha and Jordy go below the city, which means that they have entered into an and uh, a being of some kind.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and Troy is like sensing the pain and the sadness and all that. Uh, and so. Riker beams down quickly to figure out what's going on i thought that was just very cleverly done Mm. we don't usually see them just hopping levels
1: it kind of shows that there's like a development of the technology because on tos there's an episode where the solution to a problem is to beam somebody from the bridge to engineering and they're just like, this is really risky. Like short range transportation isn't what this is meant to do. This is meant to be ship to planet, planet to ship, ship to ship. is just like, damn it, I'll take the risk. And then yeah. does it. So this is a really it's a great evolution that you can just hop around. Transporter beams have changed. Like it's a great emergency way. Get me near Diana quick. Um no, so and it great observation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I um, did
1: too. There was something interesting that I noticed that kind of gets ditched pretty quickly is how casual the computer voice is. I can tell that they try to make it seem more human and, like, approachable. It's like, mm-hmm. it, would you like to enter Commander Riker?
0: Yeah, it was very conversational. Yeah, and that
1: gets ditched pretty that's quickly. That's ditched so
0: fast. Yeah, in this uh-huh. episode, it was like there was, like, little dots that showed Riker the way to go. And Gone. then when he got to the <laughs> corridor, it's like turn right here it was yeah. like google navigator it was. but can like, you imagine if there's 50 people walking in a corridor trying to get right. around
1: ding, 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 everywhere yeah. and you never see it again like the find my phone feature on the enterprise like it's just completely ditched after this episode
0: perhaps it's just for their first trek around the ship just sort yeah. of as like a little you know how when you play bowling and you put the bumpers on and then after that, it's just you're, you can go in the gutter if you need to. It's like that. But for the first up, <laughs> your first walk around the ship, just making sure that you at least know how to get around. But yeah, that was that was interesting. I wrote that down and there was some, you know, some other like lingo in, that came up in episode one and this one as well that just doesn't seem to be sticking as much, which is normal.
1: It's funny. But I didn't mind it too what much. It's yeah. Really funny. <laughs> well, that's all of my thoughts. I'm really I had a feeling you would like this episode a lot more. I think I predicted that last week because it is a more standard Star Trek episode. I love it. So, uh, anything else, Ambassador, before we move on to some sinnings. <laughs>
0: the only the thing that I think was really interesting that we didn't mention so far was part of the puzzle solving, part of the mystery solving, part of the, you know, nice bow love story for the jellyfish at the end is that the Enterprise was able to use the beaming technology that, to give medical aid to the creature. And though I did not understand any of that, to be honest with you. Um, I thought it was an interesting idea.
1: Yeah, so they convert the phaser beam into an energy beam. And really they should have used the deflector dish for that because that does the particle oh, beam. Will this transition stuff. us into the sins then? Yeah, Captain? that that's pretty good. I think that's a great that's a great idea. Uh, okay, with that, it's time to head to engineering for a sense futile battle stations, everyone!
2: Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice, and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey.
1: I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive.
2: Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby.
1: warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds this is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no tv shows without sin even our beloved star trek yes so they use the phaser beam to give the creature energy and i i don't who am i to say that that's technically wrong i know the phases have been used to do that you can set it to like a microwave setting where it just slowly heats things up but I, I'm more used to seeing power transfer beams coming from the deflector dish, although in Timescape, they don't, they have a different array altogether for energy transfer, but it's also not the one that's used in this. But I think we're in episode one, and it's just we're not quite settled into all of the engineering canon yet. Mm. I think some things change around a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just want to send Gromlet Grommelstone all Proposal. day long, you yeah. know?
1: Mm-hmm. Do it.
0: I, I don't really know why. I just want to. Like, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just want to be like this dick. This guy uh, knew what he was doing. I, I still don't quite understand. And maybe this is the prison. problem with this episode. Yeah, like, they he clearly is doing some really shady shit. But I guess I, because they're hopping back and forth and doing two different stories or something like this, I, I wonder if I'm, I'm missing some context. Like, is this a first contact situation is this where he's supposed to join is he supposed to be joining like (sighs) the whole federation federation group or is he like what is happening here that's at stake because it seems like picard and Riker are negotiating some sort of pact between them but then also just Mm -hmm. super casually also willing to walk away until some questions are answered and grommel butts zorn is we're
1: getting close
0: really confusing and like he's not giving information and there's other people that are there that are also like again looking like those uh, creatures that are just getting sucked dry and mm-hmm. i just there it just seems like there was so much more there that i didn't understand i don't and i just want to send groppler zorn
1: oh grobber zorn yeah um i i agree there's like some prime Directive shenanigans in here and Deanna mentions the prime directive like because like, ordinarily, if they're under attack, they wouldn't be able to intervene because they aren't part of the Federation. or well, they aren't part of Star. No, the Federation. But they're like, well, we are an open trade negotiation, so maybe that means we can intervene. But it's not clear whether the this is a warp-capable species. It doesn't seem like it, and that's meant to be, like, the key thing of the Prime Director is that you don't intervene until they're capable of travelling in space and faster than light, because that's a big... That's when they're going to start bumping into people. So... It is interesting hmm. how they've they must have communications of some sort because he threatens being able to reach the Ferengi. so they must have advanced communications capabilities. so I guess they are more advanced than they appear but it seems like the Federation is most interested in using their technology on other planets and such and use this as like some kind of launching point. Um, but yeah it's it's very we need to get to the plot convenient. They have to be advanced, but not advanced enough to make the space station no big deal. Because the big mystery is how did these people manage to build a space station so perfectly and so quickly? Uh not a space station, right. a but, but yeah, far point uh, like, station. Like
0: yeah. a yeah, a station that that they want to use. And how how is Grumblebutt so confident about their ability to do it again and again? They're, oh they're,
1: they're not. It's he isn't. Okay. He's trying to duck that. Because they're saying, can we replicate it on different planets? And he's like, no, the bandy don't no, want to leave. they have to come here. Oh, they have okay, to come okay. here. Gotcha. So all they want, he wants a big paycheck from the Federation to use Farpoint as a deep space launching point for Gotcha. Them. Okay.
0: Yeah. I would just find some ways to send the confusion of even the plot point, And maybe this is part of, like I said, just mm-hmm. the just this, too stretched out
1: just this one asshole that's dealing with them as well as like do you not have a team of diplomats here or something and yeah i would not be dealing with this shady individual at all not even not even close it's so shady it's so sketchy super sketchy
0: oh i just remembered one of the terms that was different in this episode mm-hmm. uh when tasha was like using the comm badge to uh it's usually like tasha to Riker. Mm. But she said, "Team leader." Yeah, team which leader, that, which I thought was interesting. It's
1: interesting. Yeah, they, they again something that, that doesn't they, happen again. No, something that disappears very quickly. Um, this was. It's a, maybe a little bit nitpicky, but it will transport us into the holodeck section of the episode. And Riker says that I looked up your service record to Data, and Data's is like very, very prudent. And then Riker's immediately like, "So you're an honorary lieutenant?" <laughs> and Lut- uh, Data then reads his service record, and I'm like. The what the I did, Riker read. Like he couldn't have looked up his service record and also not know that he earned the rank of lieutenant. Like what's in there if it's not his his service history? And it's it's a, yes, it's a perfect example
0: but, of the exposition for us. Yeah, yeah. you you got yeah. to
1: exposit it, but you don't mm-hmm. have to make people look dumb. Like you could have had a little. Uh, I don't know, but it, it was frustrating because like what the why make Riker dumb?
0: Yeah. Why make Riker dumb?
1: Mm-hmm. So, what did you want to say about the holodeck situation? So
0: much. Do it, okay. And this might be something that we talk about and have talked about, and I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. How is water leaving the holodeck?
1: Yeah, it's my number one sin. It's so just, shouldn't the holographic water just disappear? Now, I mean,
0: it's not real.
1: There is an argument to be made that oh, the people go. in the in the in the holodeck are fake because that's too complex, and they disappear. But then again, Picard throws a fucking book out of the, the holodeck during and there's uh, a page uh, that a they brought out. But
0: so things th- can
1: be brought out. The argument that I've heard is that it, the holodeck replicates real water because that's easier than replicating holographic water. So just like you can re- <laughs> just like you can replicate a glass of like because in video games, water physics are very very hard to do. So it might be easier just to create a million glasses of water, and that's what you do. The, the problem with that is the force perspective thing, because the holodeck isn't all there all at once, that, all that, at the same time. That can't make any
0: sense. It's not like you can just add water and then just have it be in specific sections. That it was would a freak.
1: Yeah, that would have There's to. be. There's no way. It would have to. As soon as you get, it to has it, to be fake. It it moves from holographic water to okay, real so water. Okay, so now
0: the holodeck can move matter.
1: Yeah, it and has what to. happens to this
0: real water whenever they turn the corner and then they come back? They Disappears. just bring it. How it does it disappear? It's How?
1: hard. It's it's more. It's lasers yeah, no, it's that broken. make it evaporate. Lasers. Yeah, it just <laughs> they gets, just flush it. Yeah, it just gets replicated away. So Ugh. it's it's tricky. In theory, the water should just disappear, but the eighties would not allow that to happen.
0: I don't know about that. I don't understand that. <laughs>
1: it's some bullshit. It is some bullshit.
0: I would definitely attempt to sin it, although obviously it's complicated, and hen- and there's been many many conversations about it. I mm-hmm. maybe we could find a fun way to sin it or oh, something sure, like yeah. that. Either way, but it's convenient. That was very frustrating. That was very frustrating for me because I was like, I don't understand any of this. Why? Why does this keep happening? As I mean, it's fun to it- watch. Yeah. But-
1: as soon as you put in rules for the holiday, you then destroy them. Will you? Will you just stop it? So does
0: that then mean that when Data picks up a stone to chuck against the back wall, that the stone then becomes actual matter to chuck against the wall?
1: Yeah, because it's really convenient that that the holodeck knows exactly what Data is intending. Because in theory, it should throw that stone into the far distance to not break the illusion. But somehow it knows that Data is making a point. (laughs) This is my question.
0: (laughs) I don't understand.
1: The holodeck is always tied into the plot. Always. Ding! Uh, what what I had for this moment was, we're just going to let people walk into anyone's programs then. Riker oh, walks yes. in unannounced, Wesley walks in unannounced, or is already in there. Like, yeah. there should be privacy filters all over the holodeck.
0: Unless it's just like an open kind of session. Maybe maybe sometimes yeah, maybe it's maybe just, it is, hey, yeah. I'm going to go take a stroll in Alice in Wonderland, So yeah. and I'll just leave it open just in case one of you guys comes in and realizes that I'm about to be murdered by a queen uh see you guys on the flip side of yeah. this adventure like maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just like an open adventure sort of a thing i don't know
1: yeah yeah it's tricky it's a tricky it's one. so
0: tricky holodecks are a wonder to think about <laughs>
1: the the other like when the last one i had for the holodeck was wesley falling in the water being a panic i'm like you're on the holodeck just turn it off maybe like, he doesn't how to do- swim Data, you yeah, know? but just turn it off. <laughs> just but he doesn't know, it know how, it
0: But it's not real water. Um, I guess maybe it is real water. It is
1: real. I mean, just turn off the holodeck. It's fine. But the the point of that is to see Data sprint and be strong and stuff, and he can show off. But like an as, elf, as,
0: he was uh, like he was fucking he legolas was like in that elf. moment, wasn't he? He was just like, Bing, 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 Bing,
1: Bing. I'm <laughs> I mean, uh, As soon uh-huh. as like Data runs away, Riker should have been like, Oh, end program. <laughs> and as soon as he gets there, everything's fine. Everything. Wesley's yeah, okay. Yeah. He's just on his butt.
0: Or he just has like a little safety bubble around himself because if the holodeck is programmed to have safety measures, then even if he falls in water, he would still somehow have protection around him. Just like if he fell off of a cliff, he wouldn't actually be falling off of a cliff. Of course so, not.
1: Yeah. Why is this a big deal? I, so it's, many questions. It's not. it's not right. Move it along, ambassador.
0: Oh, um, one of my sins here is <laughs> the very awkward exchange between picard troy and riker right oh off the my bat, goodness where picard says it's so important for key officers to know each other's abilities and everyone watching this is like
2: <laughs> <Woo-hoo, yeah. laughs> me, me, me.
0: and then troy is like we do sir we, yeah, do. we do and they're just like making love to each other yeah. even though they're not looking Our at each puzzle other
1: pieces fit together well
0: Picard is in the back of the of the lift, just staring forward as if he has no idea he that these it. two people are essentially invisifucking right in front of him. And I just don't believe for a second that Picard wouldn't Empathy have picked that
1: up right now. <laughs> he he, he has been, to he be known. oblivious in that moment to everything. And my sin for that moment is that they're just not hiding it well. Like, be no. professional, people. Come on. I mean,
0: I know you're acting for us, but. It would be really interesting if, like, Picard turns the corner and they just are instantly like, oh, my God, hi, yeah. you know, and then we're like, oh, what's going on? And said, like, the music is just shoving it down our throats and and they're like, oh, we do know each other. Oh, yeah.
1: we do. And They're
0: just like, oh, my God, cute porn music. Like, like Riker <laughs> didn't
1: know that Deanna was going to be there. Like, that's what it got. Like, he shocked the, oh, I didn't realize there was only one counselor, Deanna Troy. Whoops.
0: We could also shift over another thing that I don't think that should be a surprise that they're there is Picard visiting Crusher and surprised that she asked to be put on the the ship. He should know that. He's the fucking captain. Oh, interesting. Why was that a surprise?
1: I had that scene last week, not this week.
0: (laughs) Oh, interesting. I think maybe I didn't understand why you had it last week, but was that was that scene on your show last
1: week yeah i forgot to i didn't forget to mention it it just didn't come up but yeah it was in last week's episode not this week's episode
0: oh funny we're we're watching different shows this week that's completely
1: but yeah no it's like he's trying to do her a favor like and i don't get that at all it's like it's not (sighs) she had a choice to back out already i don't know but i, I like that about beverly because the insinuation is this is a big career move for her like chief medical officer on the flagship is a big 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 thing and she's like yeah fuck my relationship with picard i don't care this is this is for me and my career so yeah. I, I always kind of love that and picard's like accidentally or not a little bit patronizing about it. if this oh, makes 100%. you uncomfortable you can leave and right like, it's just fuck you. I'm really, staying.
0: yeah it was really confusing like he i don't know I, I think don't know. part it of it
1: was... might might have been for him. He was hoping she would accept a transfer off, the yeah, ship so that he sure. wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, but, 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 what else did I have? Oh, this is a little like bullshit thing that only happens because it's in a TV show. Wesley turns up on the bridge, and Picard is like, "Get off my bridge! There's no children allowed." And Beverly is hiding, like she is pressed up against the side of the turbo lift as much as possible, so that she can pop out and go, "Hi!" It's not just Wesley; it's me too. I was like you, Dick, you. There is no reason to do that other than you're on a TV show. It was pretty funny. <laughs> just hide
0: behind the door. Hi. Hey. It was a really stupid move, very unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah, At the very least, she could have been standing behind him and said, Thank you for traveling with me, and then just like left. But it did turn into an interesting scene, you know, where Picard is clearly showing some emotion, which was nice to see. Because most of the emotion I think we've seen from his character so far is a very, you know, staunch and professional captain. Mm, But here he's kind of reaching back into his memory searching through things that have happened, missing someone that he used to work with, thinking about how that person's death could impact this family, and then attempting to make some kind of a bridge between this person that doesn't like children to wanting to become something more. And I really liked that. I really liked that a lot. Um, mm.
1: But yeah. I, part of me wishes we were moving on to watch episode two because what they choose to have as episode two is f- fascinating you would be stunned by the big swing that they take with episode two
0: i mean we we can't keep watching every episode of star I trek to,
1: though. i want to i mean there's a couple <laughs> i skip but it is it's wild what and we will come back to it and we'll refer back to it at some point it's it's probably one of the next on the list of tng that we would watch um I technically episode three, if you're counting this as one and two, but the next episode that they go with is fucking bonkers. Um, my next big sin was, boy, isn't it convenient that these aliens have transporter beams and photon torpedoes? <laughs> like what
0: Super, kind of... because they can create anything.
1: Well, you know? this is why I have to believe that they were engineered to be spaceships and they've broken free. Otherwise, it's like, man, we had to manufacture some of this mystery to make everyone think this was a spaceship it's actually a being
2: mhm
1: mhm yeah what else did you have
0: um i think i'm going to take another dig at just old tropes like old 80s tropes i talked last week about them kind of getting at like women's roles and stuff which bo- bothers me but here they take another one at they dig at um the idea of somebody who doesn't have a family being lonely and this was aimed mm-hmm. at picard
1: yeah the traveler so- syndrome
0: in the scene, yeah, in the scene between Beverly and her son and when Wesley is essentially like, isn't Picard kind of a pain in the ass? And and she's like, uh, and he's like, are you afraid of the captain too? And she says, no, I'm not afraid of the captain. He, like you said, has the traveler syndrome or something. And then he doesn't, and there's no chance for them to have a family. So Great they're often very often lonely. lonely. Yeah. And I just thought, that's such bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is such bullshit. Some people like being single. Some people enjoy traveling and they have wonderful times with their friends and yeah, they're not married, yeah, they don't have children, but that doesn't make them less. That doesn't mean that there's someone to like feel bad for. It's just a choice and if it's not a choice, they've often had their own come to terms with it. I I've I've talked to so many people over the years who are single. And they get pegged as there's something wrong with them. And and for the years that I was single, man, it was every single question that people Pressure had was, so who are you dating or who are you with? And it's it's such a weird thing. It's not just women only that are asked this question. It's guys, too, because as a society, we're often just assuming that being with someone means that you're happier and so you want your person to be happy. You want your friend to be happy. So you're asking questions to get to the point of like, are you, are you happy? Are you cared for? Are are you, you know, enjoying life? Well, just ask that question. Don't ask all the things that you think have to happen in order for that person to be happy. And making those leaps, um, I think, happens in writing craft sometimes, especially the tropes. And this is one I feel that kind of gets pegged on, not just for women, but also for men. And so I thought it was interesting that this one was about Captain Picard specifically. Maybe I'm a little defensive about him because I like his character so much. Um, Maybe there is regret at some point for not doing life with someone so intentionally that you have a witness all the way to the end. Maybe there is something there, but you can even have friends close to you that witness your life with you. And that can be completely fine. And maybe, or maybe not, I don't know. It just... it it begins to continue it doesn't begin to it continues to pigeonhole this idea of what happiness looks like and it bothered me so i would say
1: and it can also the other aspect of that that annoys me is that it can like both things can be true it's almost like this the the person that enjoys having a solo life and is confident on their own when they find someone everyone around them is like you see you really wanted somebody all along you did want a partner both things can be true like you can be happy on your own and then stumble into somebody that you then want to share that with like we're complex people though there shouldn't be this single there doesn't have to be this single goal that you're trying to get towards and that's kind of how i saw picard is that it he didn't seek it out but he wasn't opposed to it happening it just it wasn't his goal it wasn't the thing that he pursued Um, and
0: why why do we assume that we know what is best for anyone and there's something to be said about the 80s version of what a healthy relationship looked like. There's something to be said about what healthy relationships looked like in the 50s. Like There is an interesting and I don't mind looking at it. I don't mind looking at the, the past of how we viewed relationships. But here where we live now in this reality, mm. we don't need to reach to each other so that we can all survive on a farm. You know, we're looking for people that we really enjoy being around and that we want to do life together with. And we have so much more of an ability to find our community and be alone physically. And we also are realizing that everyone does things differently. Like before we were so encapsulated in our family units, we were just in these little bubbles, you know, where we didn't have the internet. We didn't have a way to reach across the entire world and find that someone is Living their life incredibly happy, 100% different than you, and both are okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this really beautiful evolution of conversation about what quote unquote normal is and what happiness is and that it is defined individually. And the problem is when people make an assumption. So anytime I see that or hear it in what I'm watching, I'm just like, how interesting that it's always there. There's always some comment about someone else's state of mind. And I feel like I'm meant to take on the assumption that the person, again, is is asking those questions or saying those things because they care about the other person. And so they want their version of happiness on them. And I'm happy to do the work by having these conversations in this podcast format mm-hmm. or wherever to kind of go, yeah, like I can assume the best about the person that's saying their version of my happiness. But that's not for me. And so, like, back off of Picard, he's super okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And it's especially, I always see it with the lens of we're in 2364 right now. Like, there's hopefully 300 years of cultural development or 400 years of cultural development and yeah. exploration that it's fine to be Mariner as well. It's fine to just Ugh. be on your own. Be on, I even, I don't like the phrase, be on your own. Just experience life differently but it's so romantic to do the Moby Dick thing of the lonely explorer with a single goal and it's just a trope that they couldn't avoid in the 80s apparently
0: I do like that we said it last week and this week that looking at the material that the writers are doing within Star Trek universe has me really ecstatic because Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just continuing to boldly go where writers don't go and showing us characters specifically like female-led characters like i mentioned last week there's going to be tropes there's going to be things that we always fall back on because storytelling is really powerful and there's reasons that it inspires us but if it inspires us to be thinking gosh you know i'm single i guess that means i'm a lonely traveler too like that's not cool
1: (laughs) it's tricky it's really really tricky i
0: fucking sin it
1: sin the heck out of it and i don't know that there's a lot of shows that are doing it now there's not a lot of movies that are doing it now because we all have to bloody have a romance subplot in every fucking film um something i've love. rallied against Even the fish love. movie commenting short career has been god damn it we didn't need the romantic subplot in this movie um <laughs>
2: yeah
1: um we will sin we will culturally sin the heck out of it the heck um i'm a really really superficial because i love going to superficial sin after something deep and meaningful how did Riker mm-hmm. know that that was a transporter beam and not just a vaporizing beam? Because Groppler's on is in agony. And Riker's just like, well, I guess he got beamed up. No, he got vaporized. I he thought he died was vaporized. In agony. Uh-huh. So did I. I. I mean, I was
0: like, oh, he did. Well, yeah, oh, he, he did
1: he does <laughs> i mean yeah. it kind
0: of looked a little bit like phasing out but it was super different at the same time because it could have yeah. been like a total so, like a slow dissolving
1: sort of oh, thing and we've seen that we've seen phases slow dissolve people um i only have one more what any okay. more that you have
0: um i think we could do i'll just do another simple one because we've already kind of talked about it but we could do so many like kids ding on this one so <laughs> just so so many
1: yeah kids ding everywhere yep
0: just a simple one. Super. Wesley is
1: in the way in sick bay when her mum's when his mum is at work uh-huh. um, on the bridge. He, he's him in the pushing way. the button. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like. Um. Mine was do one last dig at Q, and it's just it's tricky because it's his inconsistencies, but he has a go at Picard and everybody for not solving the mystery, and it's like, the mystery is as plain as the nose on your primate faces. It's so obvious you should have figured it out by now. What are you testing here? Are you testing that they're savages? Are you testing that they can solve a Sudoku puzzle? Like, I, it, it's so confusing. To test me, it was here? confusing. And it, I also uh-huh. was
0: confused. Yeah. yeah. It
1: confuses me as well.
0: <laughs> also, he's wearing a face that has a primate nose. Yes, he's, he's doing the same thing. He's not turning
1: <laughs> up as, as his own individ- as his own speech. I want to see Q. What does Q look like? <sighs> ah, no. So, wait, save it. Because we're going to do this in the outtakes because I oh, okay. have something I want to talk about in the outtakes okay. Okay. regarding okay. Q's okay. original form. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's my last sin on Q and it, the answer would just be Q is Q, which is annoying, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go.
0: Um. There was a line that Data said that I think we could just totally riff on because mm-hmm. he says, sorry, sir, I seem to be commenting on everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's...
1: Yep, yes, you do. That's us. <laughs> oh that's amazing uh, I,
0: there's something to do there i don't know what it is but it's either making fun of ourselves or like yeah we can relate to that ding you know just something yep. that i don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> data has exposed us at set tv sins
0: oh yeah. my god but yeah i mean that yeah was... who would
1: do that who would comment on every single thing that they <laughs> yes. see We're totally not us <laughs>
0: Uh, i think we could also easily send that picard's like would you be opposed to a potentially illegal kidnapping and it's like <laughs> okay Let's okay go. there's Let's probably something there too but i really don't have anything else so
1: love it well next week all being well we're going to be diving into picard season three episode one and we're so excited i am so excited i cannot wait for this um thanks for listening everyone and i leave now but only because it suits me and i don't promise to never return and I shall endeavor to function adequately. From- oh, that was going to be mine as well, and I changed it at the last second. Yes. Amazing. Live <laughs> long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through Captain's Pod at CinemaSins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com.
0: Oh, wow my voice is fucked up <laughs> this show is gonna be weird i guess when i went into the <clears throat> transporter my shit got sideways
1: <clears throat> these are the voyages of the starship Flumbe. the
2: botany bay
1: the botany bay man chekov chekov got way too excited about the botany bay I know we've we've seen that so many times, but it's true. He might know. But Chekhov shouldn't. Um, Chekhov can't shouldn't have a fucking clue who he is. This is Seti Alpha Five. Yep, those levels are good. These are the voyages, the starship Flumbe.
0: <laughs> I can hear him saying the these voyages. Botany lawyers. Bay. <laughs> what is he doing the right now?
1: Botany Bay. <laughs> what, are, Chekhov, what are you Chekhov's doing? Chekhov got way too excited about the Botany Bay.
0: What are you we've doing, that Ian? So many
1: times, but it's true. He you might can't... know. Chekhov shouldn't. Um, Khan should have a fucking clue who he is. Wait,
0: who are you talking to? This is SETI Alpha Five. Ian, I can hear you. Yep, those levels are good. He doesn't know that I'm listening to his. Oh, she can't hear me. <laughs> I heard the whole thing.
1: Hi. I heard the whole thing. <laughs> I just started ranting to myself. I I had no idea Ian, you were there.
0: <laughs> Ian, I heard the yeah. whole thing.
1: All what of it. What was I ranting about? It was oh yeah, about Chekhov and stuff. I didn't say anything <laughs> incriminating, you I What the
0: fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, it hurt. Oh, that really hurt. <laughs> I I was like, what are you who are you talking to? You were like having <laughs> a, you were having an internal <laughs> argument with yourself.
1: Yeah, no, I was because I was like doing some levels and stuff and I wanted to scream, um, this is the D Alpha Five and then I got into the Chekhov argument of Chekhov shouldn't know what's going on. or maybe he does, but Khan definitely shouldn't. Anyway. Hi. hi. It's a hi. Rat of Khan thing. Uh-huh. Star Trek movie. Well,
0: like on a positive, I've now laughed so hard that my voice might be back to normal this is my voice today sorry oh, about
1: that hi. <laughs> it's gonna be such a great show
0: i, I can't control sword. it sometimes it's fine sometimes it just cuts out so it just mm. it is what it is
1: at this point that's what's gonna happen <clears throat> mm-hmm. i w-
0: i don't want to clear my throat the entire show either so it's oh, just it. gonna <laughs> it's great it makes for great
1: <laughs> no. editing it really no <laughs> i can now clean up doggy poo without vomiting so that's a bonus
0: yeah you should never have children <laughs>
1: I think once you're exposed to it, it gets easier. Like I've just been surrounded by dog poo that I'm just okay with it now. <laughs> I like, genuinely. I'm like, oh, that, oh, that one's no. really runny. Cool. I got to pick that out of the carpet because I love this rug so much. So I got to do some work here to fix this rug that I love because the dog diarrhed on it. <laughs> wow!
0: Perfect. Great. Wonderful. Dinner? We're going to dinner. D-
1: Deneb. 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 I, Deneb. I think it's Deneb four, but I bailed on the number. It could be Deneb five. Can't remember which one it is.
0: Oh, they have the love tingles right away. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my god, he loves her so much. Oh, she's like either gonna like marry him. What is what is this? Look, <gasps> are we about to see spaceborn? <laughs>
1: little tingly, little. They're just holding <laughs> tentacles.
0: Are they tentacle? Oh, oh yeah, yep, yep. Oh, we're watching porn. Wow. Well, yeah. Wow.
1: I'm getting jiggy. You remember when we went into season two of Picard and we thought it was very, very interesting and we didn't know why Q was wearing this badge? Do you remember it?
0: Oh, yeah. Like it looks kind of like a flower with some interesting, like baubles above it but it's very black and very
1: funeralesque mm-hmm. for reasons and because his like his outfit was so sparse we're like that badge has got to mean something it has to represent mm-hmm. something and we didn't figure it yeah. out the entire season it no. took me a long time to figure out and it just hit me um this Wait. this is what q looks like in his natural form <gasps> snaky it's kind of it's, oh, those are snakes those are cobras yeah, he's a fucking of, cobra yeah he's a
0: three-headed cobra on a marble he's a marble that's a marble. the marble i there was no marbles in this but there it is guys look 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 q was there all along clearly a marble holy uh-huh. shit i was right
1: and it kind of looks like the little He is a the three-headed three... snake it's an interpretation of what the q looked like that's a fucking cobra you can't tell me that that's not a fucking cobra of course it is but it's just like it's it's how he presents himself in what he calls his natural form
0: wait a second so it's still not his natural form it's how he presents himself but that's I think not his natural
1: form i think it's the only way that we can perceive the cue i think it's what he was getting at but the is a
0: three-headed fucking cobra
1: the interesting thing is oh, that it these looks are god-like like,
0: creatures that's a
1: fucking three-headed snake it looks like his badge though it has like the little orb with the the stars on it and then the three heads, the three things that are poking up on the badge. Do you know so you think?
0: think that that and the flower guy are like... Are you, of the... course,
1: you've got the orb and then three things there and then if we go back
2: to... But, the, but,
0: the, but his, his, his pendant wasn't like an orb, it was like a flower.
1: Yeah, but it looks so... It's like just... It represents the same sort of thing, like the energy ball in the middle and then three heads yeah. at the top. Like that has to be what it's representing, isn't it?
0: yes the place to recommend future episodes is on discord that's probably the very best place because Ian is there regularly and you can join our discord by going to discord dot slash cinemasins and there is a like a little subsection chat room in there about this show specifically so uh, if you're not already on discord it's a really fun and very active community of hyper fans that we're very lucky to have